Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The tabernacle was divided into two distinct segments or chambers. The Holy of Holies, where God himself resided and communed with his people. The other chamber is the holy place, full of the things of God, even types of God, types of Christ, but not God himself. This is somewhat like our own walk, our own experience with the Lord Jesus. Sometimes we're walking with the very person of Christ, yet at other times we seem to be occupied just with spiritual things, with items but we're missing his living presence. Please stay with us for today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Bob Danker is with us once again. Welcome to our program, Bob. Chris, it's very good to be with you again today. Bob, today we conclude our fourth week of messages dealing with the tabernacle. And uh, this has been a remarkable 20 programs because the types and pictures that we're seeing interpreted have been applied almost exclusively to our experience of Christ and not just to teaching and doctrine. Bob, are there precedents given to us in the New Testament for this kind of experiential application of the Old Testament types? Yes, Chris, there are precedences in the New Testament where the Old Testament types are applied to our experiences as Christians in the New Testament. And the foremost one to do this is the Apostle Paul. He took the lead to apply the Old Testament types to the experience of the New Testament believers. And in doing this in our Life Study broadcast, we are simply following the example that Paul has set for us. For instance, in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, we can see there that Paul used the experiences of the children of Israel when they were leaving Egypt and they were passing through the wilderness as examples of the experiences of us, the New Testament believers. Mm. In that chapter, he mentions their crossing of the Red Sea as a picture of our baptism. Then, in another book, the book of Hebrews, Paul goes on very much to interpret the types of the Old Testament, especially those related to the tabernacle and to the priesthood, to our experience as New Testament believers. He describes the tabernacle, the holy place, and the holy of holies, and then he applies this to our experience. And this was Paul's burden when he wrote the book of Hebrews. He did not want to pass on to the believers or to those who would receive his writing some kind of teachings as doctrines. He wanted to bring them into an experience of the reality of the new covenant. Yes, Brother Bob, I'm glad that you mentioned the Apostle Paul's writing, particularly to the Hebrews. That's going to very much be where we're at in our program today. Uh, Witness Lee picked up chapter 9, and 
any study, life study, Bible study, any study of the tabernacle that misses Hebrews 9, of course, is missing the real application shown to us in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul. In our life study of Hebrews, it was so evident Paul was consumed with this burden to lead the Hebrew believers at that time out of just their occupation with these Old Testament items, types, pictures, and bring them into the living experiential reality of the Christ that all of those things were to point to. The Lord is still burdened for this today with all of his children today, isn't he? Yes, Chris. Paul himself was experiencing this reality. He was in the reality, and he wanted to bring all of us into the same reality that he was experiencing. Well, as we get ready to join Witness Lee, let me just read a couple of verses from this chapter Hebrews chapter 9, the New Testament book, where really the specific uh, language is there pointing right at the tabernacle. And I think this will help our listeners to get oriented that we're really talking about New Testament experience using these Old Testament types, as was done by the Apostle Paul. Again, this is Hebrews chapter 9, and uh, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now then, the first covenant also had ordinances of service, and its sanctuary was of this world, for a tabernacle was prepared the first in which the lampstand and the table and the loaves were set forth, which is called the holy place, and after the second veil, a tabernacle, which is called the holy of holies. And this is interesting. He seems to be talking about here two tabernacles, and that's really what we're going to focus on today. Here's Witness Lee. In the New Testament, the apostle Paul didn't interpret the Old Testament times in a doctrinal way. Rather, he applied the types all the time in an experiential way. He either applied the types experientially to Christ himself or to us, the believers. When Paul was writing Hebrew 9, verses 1 through 12, Paul considered the tabernacles as two, not one. His feeling and his understanding were so strong that he considered altogether two separate tabernacles. Verse 8 in Hebrew 9 says, The Holy Spirit is showing by this that the way of the Holy of Holies has not yet been manifested while the first tabernacle, while the first tabernacle, Paul doesn't say while the first section of the tabernacle, while the first tabernacle still has its standing, this relative pronoun refers to what? Surely not standing. It must refer to the first tabernacle. Which first tabernacle is a figure for the present time. What does this mean? The present time is the New Testament age. And the first tabernacle was a type of the New Testament age. And this first tabernacle was a figure. Not the real thing. A figure. Paul in Hebrews 9 says the first tabernacle was a figure. But he never says that the second was a figure. Why? Because the second was a reality. The first was a figure of the New Testament age. But the second tabernacle 
was the reality of the New Testament age. Why? The shoe bread on the table was not the reality. Was not Christ himself. That typifies Christ. The shoe bread on the table typifies Christ. But that was just a loaf, not Christ himself. So it was a figure. And the lampstand shining, and the light was there. And that light was not Christ shining, right? That was just a figure. But even in the Old Testament time, when the high priest entered into the second tabernacle, God was there. That was real. That was not a figure. The uh, high priest did see the satanic glory of God. And the high priest received the word from God, the oracle. So that second tabernacle was not a figure of the New Testament. Rather, to some extent, it was the reality of the New Testament. Bob, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament identifies the two sections of the tabernacle, the holy place and the holy of holies, as two different or distinct tabernacles. Uh, We can see this easily in chapter 9, verse 8 of Hebrews. The Holy Spirit thus making this clear that the way of the holy of holies has not yet been manifested while the first tabernacle still has its standing. Bob, what's the spiritual basis for this distinction? Well, Chris, actually, we know that the tabernacle in the Old Testament was really only one tabernacle with two sections, one the holy place and the other the holy of holies. But when Paul was looking at this picture, he was burdened to apply it to our experience. And so he saw this in a different way. He saw these two sections of the tabernacle as being two separate tabernacles. One, the holy place, as a separate tabernacle, the holy of holies, another tabernacle. Actually, they were separated by a veil, so in a sense they were distinct. But Paul saw them as two tabernacles. And that's because Paul realized that the first tabernacle, the holy place, was a figure of the old covenant, and that the Second tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, was a picture of the New Covenant. Now, in the first tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, everything there was a type or a picture. None of the items in the first tabernacle in the holy place were real. They were pictures of Christ. For instance, the loaves of bread on the table. They were physical loaves of bread, but they were figures of of Christ as our life supply. And the lampstand, which we've covered in previous broadcasts in some detail, is a marvelous picture of Christ, again, as the embodiment of God and the expression of God. But the lampstand is not Christ himself. It's only a picture of Christ himself. And again, we go on to the incense altar. This also is a picture of Christ. So we could say that everything in the holy place was a type or a picture. It was not the reality. And Paul realized that in the old covenant, everything in the old covenant was a picture. It was not a reality. 
For instance, in the, one of the main items of the Old Covenant is the law. And this is a picture. The law is a picture of the law of life. And what is the law of life? The law of life is Christ himself as the life-giving spirit. This is the reality. But the law of Moses is a picture. So the entire Old Covenant is not a reality, and it cannot bring us into the reality. It can only give us pictures of the reality. And so Paul connected the Old Covenant with the holy place. But when we look at the Holy of Holies, what do we see in the Holy of Holies? We see the ark. The ark was a box made out of wood, overlaid with gold. It had a cover on it, which we've talked about in previous broadcasts. And on this cover, or attached to this cover, there were two cherubim. That was a picture of Christ. But there was something in the Holy of Holies that was not a picture. And what was that? God himself was in the Holy of Holies. Those who entered the Holy of Holies could actually see the glory of God. They could meet with God directly, and they could receive God's speaking in a direct way. So in this sense, the Holy of Holies was a reality. And Paul doesn't say in Hebrews 9 that the Holy of Holies was a figure. He says the holy place was a figure, but he didn't say the Holy of Holies is a figure because in the Holy of Holies there was something real. In fact, there was the only real thing, that is God himself, was in the Holy of Holies. This Paul relates to the New Covenant because in the New Covenant all the pictures in the Old Covenant become realities. And so Paul wanted to bring the Hebrew believers out of the Old Covenant, where everything is a picture, into the New Covenant, where everything is a reality. And this is absolutely necessary, because unless we leave the Old Covenant, that is, we leave the first tabernacle, and we enter the New Covenant, or we enter the second tabernacle, we cannot fulfill God's purpose, and we cannot become God's testimony. Well, Bob, in this picture of the tabernacle, uh, in the coming portion, we're going to see how it really could be considered not just two tabernacles, but two houses that even we would be dwelling in, one or the other. Let's go back to Witness Lee. To live in house number one is absolutely different from living in house number two. There are two houses here. In the New Testament, due to the mixture caused by those Judaizing Hebrew Christians, Paul cut this two. Clearly. Two houses. You may be very much for the Lord. Thousand percent. But let me tell you, it is absolutely hundred percent possible, regardless how much you love the Lord, you may be still in house one. You look at these two houses, these two tabernacles. In the first tabernacle, house one, you just don't have God himself. You may have the enjoyment of the supply, and you may receive the light, and you may walk under the lightning, but you don't have God himself. Yes, you're very close, because he's your next-door neighbor. Very close. But you do not have himself as your enjoyment. God is not in the first house, but in the second house. Paul 
root to those Hebrew Christians, showing them, regardless what they were, they were still remaining in the holy place. They were still remaining in their soul. They never separate their spirit from their soul. They remained in the Old Testament age. They're saying, we must admit, even recognize and confess, we are not that absolutely in the spirit. We are not that absolutely in the holy of holies. We enjoy this supply of the Lord. And we are working under the light of the Lord. It's wonderful. But we are not in the holy of holies. Bob, in this segment, we heard that the two tabernacles that Paul spoke of in Hebrews are likened to two houses that we could live in. They're also compared to the soul and the spirit, the human soul and the human spirit here. I think the analogy to the two houses is quite clear, but let's talk about this in terms of the holy place representing our soul and the holy of holies representing our human spirit. This is quite intriguing. Yes, this is a very important point here, Chris. You know, the tabernacle, as God's dwelling place, consisted of three main sections. And we as human beings, according to the clear word of the Bible, are of three parts. So the tabernacle had the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. We, as human beings, we have our body, we have our soul, and we have our spirit. The first section was the outermost section called the outer court. And we may say this section of the tabernacle can be compared to our outermost part, that is, our body. So inside this outer court of the tabernacle, there was the holy place and the holy of holies. The holy place can be compared to our soul. Our soul is one of our inner parts. It's definitely inside our body, and it's our psychological part. It's composed of our mind, where we think, our emotions, where we have all kinds of feelings, feelings of love, feelings of joy, feelings of sadness, and also it is composed of our will, where we make decisions. These are the three parts of our soul. But The Bible clearly says that in addition to our soul, we have a human spirit. And this spirit is deeper than our soul, and it is distinct from our soul. The book of Hebrews, in chapter 4 and verse 12, even tells us very clearly that the Word of God is living and operative and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it can pierce into our being and even divide our soul and our spirit. So according to this verse, there is a definite distinction between our soul and our spirit. Well, the holy place in the tabernacle was right next to the Holy of Holies. There were two different rooms, but they were right next to each other. So in our experience, our soul and our spirit are very close to one another. They are just like two adjacent rooms. Although they were close to one another, they were definitely distinct. So in the Old Testament picture, 
What did you have in the holy place? You had all the types and the figures and the pictures, but not the reality. What did you have in the holy of holies? You had God himself. Well, it's exactly the same with us. As Christians, we can have something related to God in our soul. And if we are in our soul, we may experience certain things related to God. But we cannot experience and enjoy God himself directly unless we enter into our spirit, because that is where God dwells. In the Old Testament, God lived in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. But in the New Testament, God no longer lives in a physical building. He lives in us. He lives in our spirit. And for us to contact him and enjoy him and experience him directly, we need to enter into our spirit and we need to live in that house. Bob, wherever God's presence is, that's the real Holy of Holies, isn't it? Yes. And today that is our spirit. Let's go back to Witness Lee. This one tabernacle becomes two because a separation was there. The problem that made this one tabernacle two was the flesh. When he was crucified on the cross, the veil was riven doctrinally. But experientially, today, the flesh is not riven, is not torn. Why we all are still in house one? In the first tabernacle, because our flesh has not been torn, has not been broken. The Bible says our old man has been crucified. Our old man is the self. We cannot crucify ourselves. But our flesh is crucified by ourselves. We have to crucify our flesh. Then our flesh will be a riven veil. And this riven veil will make a free entrance for the congregation of the church to enter into the second house. To have the enjoyment of God Directly. So this you can see how much the church life's real situation depends upon the broken flesh of the living ones. Bob, we've only got a short time left, but this was really an insightful, I thought, interpretation of the two tabernacles in Hebrews 9. We know from the Gospels that the veil separating the two chambers in the tabernacle, in a sense making these two tabernacles, typified the flesh of Christ. So the separating factor between the first tabernacle and the second tabernacle is the flesh. Bob, how do we see this spiritual reality applied to us? Yes, Chris. As human beings, we all have the flesh. We all are fallen, and we have the fallen flesh. And this flesh is like a veil that separates us from contacting the Lord in the deepest part of our being that is in our spirit. If we are going to enter into our spirit and enjoy 
Christ as everything to us, then we must experience the tearing of the flesh or the tearing of the veil. That means we must experience the cross of Christ applied to our flesh. When Christ was crucified on the cross, according to the revelation of the New Testament, we were crucified with him. This is a fact, and this was accomplished 2,000 years ago. But we have to apply this fact in our Christian life day by day and moment by moment, realizing that we cannot put our flesh to death. We need the operation of the Spirit to do this. So we must exercise our spirit to coordinate with the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, to put to death our flesh, our entire fallen being, day by day, moment by moment. If we will practice this, we will learn how to put to death our flesh. We will experience practically the tearing of the veil that separates us from God in the Holy of Holies. And we will be able to enter into our spirit and touch the Lord and enjoy the depths of his riches in our spirit. I wish we had more time to get into this point to a greater extent. This is a deep one. This is where we're headed, Bob. All of us, as those who would love the Lord and are following him, we'll all get there through this second veil. Um, But there's a journey to be taken between here and there. We'll come back and talk about this one again another time. Thank you for being with us today, Brother Bob. Oh, it's been a great pleasure, Chris, to be here. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.